0: Matthew chapter 6, looking at verses 25 through 34 this morning, I invite you to turn in your Bibles with us, page 1117, if you're using a Bible under the seat in front of you, get that Bible out, read along with us. Father, we give all our attention now to your word. We, we're so thankful for it. Give us understanding. And even more than that, empower us to live out what you teach us in your word. Greatly encourage your people this morning. We thank you for your gracious love and care upon our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I want you to imagine a scenario this morning. We're all sitting outside on a beautiful grassy hillside. We're overlooking the Sea of Galilee. We're a part of this large crowd that is gathered to hear Jesus preach this Sermon on the Mount. It's springtime. The birds are flying about, they're singing. The flowers of the field are in full bloom. It's beautiful, perfect temperature, just a slight breeze. Everyone's well rested because they don't have silly time changes back then. <laughs> So put yourself in that scene and then hear these words from Jesus. Verse 25, he says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to a stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field which is today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek... For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. What beautiful words. Jesus is telling us don't worry about materialistic things. Don't worry about food and drink. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow's troubles. Don't worry about material possessions. Don't do that. Now, notice and be careful here, Jesus is not saying don't care about those things. Jesus is not calling us to an irresponsible, lazy, careless, reckless life. He's not suggesting that we live in such a way that we have to rely on others to take care of us. Or we're not to be sitting around in an open field waiting for God to drop morsels of food in our mouth. We are to care about those things. We are to be responsible. The Bible says if you don't work, you won't eat. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4... Aspire to lead a quiet life, mind your own business, work with your own hands, walk properly towards those who are outside the church, that you may lack nothing. So we are to care about such things and be responsible and hardworking. The prohibition is over-caring. It's living in a constant state of anxiety over materialistic things. It's obsessed with it, fixated upon it. It's when all the material things in life become a priority in your life that takes up all of your energy, time, thinking. Jesus says, don't worry like that. Now, remember last week, Jesus tells us, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth. Don't hoard or amass wealth. And Jesus also said last week, don't serve mammon, money, wealth, materialistic riches. Serve God. So don't put all of your energy into it. And here in this part, he's kind of looking from the other side and saying, and by the way, don't worry about it. Don't be anxious over these things. Now, we live in a society, as you know, that is absolutely fixated on materialistic things. People work very hard to get us to want more and more and more and more. And we're always worried about what we don't have. And the marketers try to make us become consumed with the things that we don't have. An issue of Accent Magazine some time back carried the normal alluring advertisements for champagne, cigarettes, food, clothing, antiques, carpets, and esoteric weekend shopping in Rome. There were articles on how to win a luxury cabin cruiser or 112 bottle cases of scotch. The next issue included articles on staying in bed, high-fashion underwear, and the delights of reindeer meat and snowberries. (laughs) Everything needed for the welfare of the body, how to feed it, clothe it, warm it, cool it, refresh it, relax it, entertain it, and titillate it. That's what the earth works towards. And so many people spend their life Anxious about those things. Worried about those things. Don't be one of them. Don't be anxious. And by the way, we should also not worry even when we get in tough spots. Let's be honest. Let's, let, let's face it. Even when we work, even when we're responsible, even when we're doing the right things. We go through lean times. Every one of us in this room has gone through financial difficulties at one point. Even when those times come, you're not to worry. Jesus is realistic. He mentions troubles that we're going to face every day in verse 34. But even when those times come, you're not to be worried, sick. Over materialistic things. And Jesus gives us four wonderful reasons in this text why we should not worry over things like that. Jesus says, Don't worry over things like that. If you do, you'll miss out on real life, you'll miss out on real living. Verse 25, that last sentence, Jesus says, Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? My friend, your life is more than eating. Your body is more than what you put on it. Your life has intrinsic value to it. Real life... Is about relationship, knowing God, serving God, loving God. And it's about relationship with people, knowing people, loving people, serving people. Real life is about character and love and relationship and friendship. It's not about stuff. And if you're fixated on all the stuff and always worried about all the stuff, you're going to miss the best things in life. We've probably all heard that famous quote from Pat Williams. It's one of my favorites. He says, money can buy a house, but not a home. A bed, but not rest. It can buy food, but not an appetite. It can buy medicine, but not health. Information, but not wisdom. It can buy thrills, but not joy. It can buy associates, but not friends. It can buy servants, but not loyalty. It can buy flattery, but not respect. There are a lot more things way more important, my friend. Jesus says life does not consist in the abundance of things. Remember that story where Jesus went over to Lazarus, Mary, and Martha, their house for dinner. And Jesus is teaching in their house, and people are gathered around Jesus. Except for Martha, she's in the kitchen. She's like the modern, modern day Martha Stewart, right? She's trying to get everything just so in the kitchen, make all the, you know, she's so thoughtful about all the things that she wants to put together. And Mary. Is sitting at the feet of Jesus. And Martha gets upset. Jesus tell Mary to help me. And Jesus says. Martha you're distracted by many things. Mary's chosen the better. And that will not be taken from her. Much better to sit at the feet of Jesus. Jesus. To spend time with him. That parable that Jesus told about the seed that went on four types of soils. Now God puts seed in our heart. Wanting it to be as fruitful as possible. And there's that soil that Jesus called thorny soil. And and so the seed tries to grow. And yet these thorns grow along with it. And it chokes out all the fruit. That's what happens when you're focused on worldly things. God wants you to be fruitful, and when you're distracted by all these things, it chokes out the fruit. You miss out. You miss out on real life. Philip Parham tells the story of a rich industrialist who was disturbed to find a fisherman sitting lazily beside his boat. Why aren't you out there fishing, he asked. Because I've caught enough fish for today, said the fisherman. Well, why don't you catch more fish than you need, the rich man asked. What would I do with them? Well, you could earn more money and buy a better boat so you could go deeper and catch more fish. You could purchase nylon nets, catch even more fish, make more money. Soon you'd have a fleet of boats and be rich like me. And the fisherman asked, then what would I do? Well, then you could sit down and enjoy life, said the industrialist. What do you think I'm doing now? (laughs) You know, what is it about Americans that we have to go full speed ahead with all of our energy, all of our time, all of our loyalty into all that stress? The Lord says, don't do that because you'll miss out so much on real life. He says, don't worry for things like that because worrying, secondly, doesn't accomplish anything. It doesn't help. Worrying, the act of worrying helps you in no way. In verse 27, he says, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to a stature? Now, something Jesus is speaking about the appearance and you know so many people worry about how they look. You know what they're going to wear and how they present themselves. And, and I think that we should do our very best to be as presentable as possible. But there's some things about your feature that you're not going to be able to change. And worrying about that won't help you. Jesus says somebody's short. They, they worry about being short. They wish they were taller, and they're, they're always worried about it. Does worrying add any height? No? Go get some platform shoes or something, but don't worry. <laughs> worrying doesn't help. Some say that this is a euphemism, actually, and what Jesus is speaking about is the longevity of life, that it could be translated, who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? How many people do you know that they they, they worry about getting sick and dying and the accident that they're going to have? The act of worrying does you no good. It won't add one single hour to your life. And by the way, if you're a Christian, you know that God has your life in his hands, right? The psalmist says to God, Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. If you belong to the Lord, he has your life in his hands. Don't worry about future issues. Trust him right now. Not only is, is worrying wasted energy and unproductive, it can actually dramatically decrease your quality of living today. The Mayo Clinic says the effects of stress and anxiety include headache, muscle tension or pain, chest pain, fatigue, upset stomach, sleep problems. Some suggest that stress is related to ulcers. Why worry yourself sick? Jesus said, when the act of worrying doesn't help. And that comes to future problems as well. I love verse 34. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. You know, we have enough to think about each day. When you start worrying about imaginary future events, that comprehends your your problems right here. Adds to your stress. George MacDonald put it this way. No man ever sank under the burden of the day. It's when tomorrow's burden is added to the burden of today that the weight is more than a man can bear. Or as E. Stanley Jones put it, worry is the interest we pay on tomorrow's troubles. Don't do it. And, and, and you've, you've all had this happen to you, I know, because it's happened to me. Have you ever laid awake at night, stressed out about something that's going to happen next week? <laughs> and you can't sleep. And you always imagine in your mind the worst-case scenario. A couple months ago, I was in Albuquerque visiting my dad and got a call from my son, Connor. His car blew up, barely made it into the driveway. And we had to get it towed to the shop. I mean, the way he described it, it was smoking and fluid everywhere. And the the mechanic wasn't going to be able to get to it for several days. So for several days, I'm imagining new engine, (laughs) transmission blown. Oh, man, how are we going to get a new car? How are we going to pay for it? And, you know, you think about the worst-case scenario. Five days later, the, the, the mechanic... Bad cable. Now, it was an expensive cable. But it wasn't a new engine or a new car, and I spent five days worried about that. How silly. How silly. Do you do that? Do you imagine the worst? You know, a lot of the things we fear about in the future don't even materialize. Jesus says, don't worry about things. They don't accomplish anything. In fact, it can hinder the way you live now. And then the third reason, I love this. This is the one that's a real take home for us as Christians. This is one of our greatest blessings. Jesus says, don't worry about material things in your life because you have a heavenly father who loves you. And promises to take care of you. Jesus is so brilliant. I love the way he he uses two examples here. They're in that setting. And he uses the birds. He says, look at the birds of the air in verse 26. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly father feeds them. And are you not of more value than they? Jesus says, look at the birds. And it's real intense. It's like, look at the birds. Look at them flying about. Do you ever see birds with hypertension? (laughs) Walking around, looking at their wristwatches, scuttling about. Birds work hard, don't get me wrong. And they do do a little bit of storing up, but they don't have this complex agricultural system. And Jesus says, your heavenly father takes care of the birds. And you're of way more value than the birds. He's going to take care of you. He uses the example of the lilies in verse 28. Why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet say to you, even Solomon. I mean, look at the flowers in the field. They're gorgeous and they're not stressed out. Jesus says, if God clothes so beautifully grass that is here today and gone tomorrow, will he not clothe you? You can trust him. At the end of verse 32, Jesus says, Your heavenly Father knows that you need. All these things. Your heavenly father knows that you need these things. He cares about you. And he's always going to make a way to provide for you. So maybe you're here this morning and you are going through a financial difficulty. You're in that season where you're a little, man, you're, you're facing some challenges. Put your faith in your heavenly father. Jesus said, oh, you of little faith, look at the birds, look at the plants. God will find a way to take care of you. By the way, you're a lot smarter than birds and plants. So with your faith in God and some ingenuity on your part, God's going to open a way. God's going to open a way. Now, that doesn't mean you just sit back and your heavenly Father loves you. I've always loved this poem. Said the robin to the sparrow. I should really like to know why these anxious human beings rush about in hurry so. Said the sparrow to the robin. Friend, I think it must be that they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. But you do have a heavenly father. And he does care for you. And here's promises for you. So you give those stresses to the Lord. He'll find a way. And then there's a fourth reason why we should not worry. Because we're different. Verse 32, for after all these things the Gentiles seek. My brother and sister in Christ, you're to be different. You're one of God's people. The Gentiles, another, it's, a, it's a term for the pagans, the unbelievers, the unbelieving world... They're the ones running around seeking everything. After all those things like Accent Magazine mentioned. They're the ones that are so worried about Jesus says, let them. But you are different. You're a child of God. And you're going to live for things that really matter. And you're going to show those people that are living for all of those things that they they, they can't get any satisfaction. You live your life in front of them and show them how satisfied you are. Because you know God. That's one of the greatest ways to shine in this life. So do not worry about those things. Well, what should be our priority? Verse 33, and before before we read it, this is one of the most famous verses in the Bible. And if there's any verse that you as a Christian should memorize, put it in your mind and heart. It's verse 33 of Matthew chapter 6. Jesus says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness And all these things shall be added to you. Seek first. First really does mean first priority. Mission critical. Top priority in your life. And seek in the Greek is a present imperative. It's the strongest continual commandment. The idea is keep on seeking first these things. This is what you do day after day after day. This is your mission. Seek first what? Seek first his righteousness. Seek first God's righteousness. In other words, that means as a Christian, you are to seek every day to live your life, to live a righteous lifestyle. That's pleasing to your heavenly father. Doing life the way God has called you to do life. Abiding by his commands. Seeking to please him in every area of your life. Parenting the way he says to parent. Dating the way he says to date. All of your friendships. How to do marriage. How to do finances. All of that. The activities that you should stay away from. And the activities that you should engage in. That should be the number one activity of your life. His righteousness. Living a righteous life the way he's called you to do. That should matter. I think it also it speaks of us standing for righteousness in a culture that doesn't want righteousness it means being those men and women and we we devote ourselves and culture and society to to show the right way to speak the truth righteousness is a very important characteristic for a nation in fact the most important proverbs 14 verse 34 says righteousness exalts a nation But sin is a reproach to any people. As the people of God, the righteous people of God, we stand for righteousness. That's our goal, that's our mission critical. And you remember at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So, we're to seek his righteousness, and we're also to seek first the kingdom of God. First place in your life as a Christian. No matter what you do, as far as career or anything, in your career, everything, first place, his kingdom. Expanding the kingdom of God, living to share the gospel with everyone in your life, being a witness. For the Lord Jesus Christ, right where you work, right where you go to school, everything about you. Expanding his kingdom involves making his righteousness attractive in all areas of life. Personal, family, material, international, business, recreation, everything. Man, that's your focus. And we've seen this several times in the sermon. Jesus says, you will serve God first, not mammon. Jesus says again in other parts in the the gospel, the the greatest commandment is for you to love God with all your heart and your mind and each breath. Jesus says, "You're, you're to store up treasure in heaven, not on earth. Jesus says that we are to seek first God's kingdom, his righteousness. When we learned how to pray a few weeks back, what's the first part of the Lord's prayer? Your will be done. Your kingdom come. Hallowed be your name. Give us this daily bread. That's one little section in prayer. The priority is focused entirely on, On what God wants to do in and through your life. And here's the beautiful thing. When you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Jesus says in verse 33. All these things shall be added to you. What things? All the material things. The food, the drink, the clothing. He'll take care of you. He'll add those things to your life. Man, as you live your life for God, he takes care of those things. C.S. Lewis, I love him. I love his paraphrase of this verse. He says, aim at heaven and you'll get earth thrown in. (laughs) Aim at earth and you'll get neither. Aim at heaven. Serve God with everything. Serve God with everything that he's given you. Live for him. He's an awesome heavenly father and he's going to take care of us. Lord, we do thank you for your incredible care. We thank you that you see our our lives. You see every details that you are the provider. I do pray for those right now who are going through difficult times financially. I pray that you would bless them. I pray that you would show, show them how much you love them and care for them. And I pray that you'd open doors and make things happen. But more than that I pray that you would protect our priorities protect our motivations protect what Lord I pray that we'd be reminded each day to seek you first your kingdom and your righteousness Lord remind us every day that we're not We're not here just to be these American consumers of product. We're your people. And we want you to shine through us. Show people the better way through our lives. So I pray that you'd help us find that balance. If your heads bowed, your eyes closed, maybe you're here this morning and you have been fully engaged in that rat race. I mean, you've been all in. Going for it. And it's left you wanting. There are things in this world that can be very fun and exciting for a little while but they, they don't last. You were created to know God. To have a relationship with him. And through faith in Christ, you can have that relationship. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And he rose again the third day. And if you place your faith and trust in him, he'll forgive all of your sins and make you a child in his family. God becomes your heavenly father. I'll tell you, you'll find you'll find purpose. You'll find real meaning. You'll find real life. If you haven't received Christ yet, I I want you to do that right now. Just in a prayer of faith. Say, Lord Jesus, be my Savior. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I want to be your child. A member of your family. Fill me with your spirit. Wash away all my sins. And help me to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.